Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, SGG, are you in the building? Oh, of course. Then that means we're back. That's right. We're officially back. Cheap Heat, on the longest hiatus I can recall, returns as maybe the unranked podcast <laughs> in sports and recreation today. But um, I do want to take time out to thank uh, the listeners of the Cheap Heat universe, the Peckerheads, um, the humanoids, everyone who reached out and showed love um, while we were gone. SGG was an unforeseen circumstance. Welcome back, me. by the way. Thank you. I'm glad to be back because, you know, it was just the last time we got together two weeks ago when we talked about you being the physically dead. <laughs> it was. At, and, 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 then, uh, and then then before you know it, I'm laid up in the hospital like uh, Vince McMahon before Stone Cold attacked him. So so what exactly happened? All right. Well, and I, I want to be clear with everyone right now. So you're aware we are about to get right into this thing. We're going to talk. Uh, we'll start off Bobby Heenan today. Get right into it. Not waste any time before getting into John Cena and Roman Reigns' match um, at at the pay-per-view this past weekend. So we will we will spend a lot of time on the biggest issues of the day. But basically, I was just sitting around um, last Monday night, got home from work, thought I had to go to the bathroom, and was just like waiting to go. And then all of a sudden, my stomach started hurting, which in retrospect, whenever you look back on a health thing, you're like, why didn't I realize what was right. happening? But at the time... Um, I, I just didn't. Re- I just thought. I guess I'm constipated. I guess that's what this is. And I, I, but I never really had, had severe constipation, so it seemed like, oh, maybe this is a thing that happens. And um, the night went on, and it gets to be like two in the morning, and I'm like writhing around, like in a mix of pain, discomfort, thinking I have to go to the bathroom. And I, I text message my Hot 97 crew, and I'm like, uh, sorry guys, not coming in. And just figured at some point I'd wake up and get better. Um, I went out and got medicine in the middle of the night. Was wandering around at like 4 a.m. delirious trying to go find something to take to like get myself to go to the bathroom. And ultimately, go into the doctor, get checked out. They still don't think it's anything. And then a few hours later, when I'm still struggling with it, this is now midday Tuesday. Damn. The, do- the doctor hits me back and is like, yo, I just got your blood work back. And your blood work looks a little weird. Can I get you to go get a CAT scan, like, right now? And I was like, goo. Because um, I am kind of afraid of all medical situations, to be totally Same, honest. same. I don't want to go in for a shot. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like anything. And it's not really about the pain much as it is, like, the fear of death. That same. Sort of, yep. Yeah, so I was like, uh, all right. So I text Alexa, and I'm like, they want me to go get a CAT scan. And at this point, Alexa, who the night before had been sort of like, you're fine, um, this is normal, you know. And, and I, But when I woke up in the morning, she was like, wow, you still haven't gone to the bathroom and you're still in pain. You need to go to the doctor. So when I hit her and I'm like, yo, we got to go get a CAT scan. She's like, all right, I'll meet you there. And I was like, all right. So she shows up, get, go to the CAT scan place in Midtown. Um, 
and uh, take it. And then afterwards, they're like, well, listen, you wait here for the results. And, um, you know, assuming everything's all right, we'll call over to your doctor and blah, blah, blah. But just stay here in case it's not all right. So they pull yeah. me aside. They pull me aside. They're like, "Hey, not all right. You got to go straight to. You got to go straight to the hospital." And I was like, "Okay." They're like, "Yeah, your appendix is no good. You got to get it out. Like, you know, you're not in. You're not an imminent. You will not die in the next moment. But it's going to come out. You're probably going to take it out tonight." So I was like, "Okay." So you know, went to the went to Mount Sinai, um, and. Uh, Hung out in the ER for a couple hours like a repugnant vidge before. They made some... you wait in the ER. They didn't have like a – isn't there like a Hollywood wing with like all that? The... See, that's, that's what they're – after, <sighs> after being there for a while, a couple of the guys who worked there, like the orderlies or whatever. Uh, all I can think about is disorderlies. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Was that they, the Fat Boys movie? Of course, the Fat Boys vehicle. <laughs> they, they spotted me and they were like um, – they were, they were like, oh, come on, man. What are you doing out here? And they like, and I was at this point, keep in mind, you know, you're sitting there like hooked up to a machine and just laying on a like, it, I got to tell you, uh, if I'm being totally honest, it is a pretty repug situation because you're just in the middle of an ER with mad people around all dealing with their own sicknesses. Some guy coughing up a lung like, it, you know, and you're just sitting there. And then so these guys came up and they were like. And I, I didn't expect special treatment, but I was just like, damn, I wonder how famous I would have to get to get special treatment. <laughs> right. And then these guys came up and they were like, hey, come here. And they just like dragged, the, you know, like they took our um, stretcher thing we were on, gurney or whatever, and they pulled me into this curtained off room. Like it was, I mean, it's a small room. I, I sent an Instagram up of it because that's where I was watching SmackDown. It was just a curtained off room with a TV and a remote. And I was like. It just gave you a little bit of privacy. And I just hung out there for literally like 20 minutes before they were like, all right, you're going up. And then that's it. They explain to you what's going down. You sign a couple things. Sign your life on the dotted line. Let's go. And then um, that's it. They catch you down. You go to sleep. Good night and good luck. Um, listen, a lot of people have gone through much more serious surgeries uh and more precarious situations but i'll tell you as someone who's scared of that stuff and had never gone under you know when you go from in the middle of the day being like damn why am i like so constipated to a few hours later you're getting ready to go in for surgery and you have to do it immediately it, yeah. it, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie I, mean, I'm, I hate to be a little bitch but it's a it's a it's a rough little situation well you didn't but, really get that much time to process it too right so it's like that's part of it is like talking yourself down off the ledge. Yeah, no, I did not have a lot of time to prepare. Um, that is true. So, I mean, I don't know if I would have done better prepared. I might have even stressed it more, but I definitely did not. So, anyways, thanks for all the love, everyone. Um, and if you didn't know, that is why we were not on last week. I thought when I came back from it, I would, uh, I'd be able to jump right to it. Um, but I was just, I, I needed straight up rest for a few days. Um, to get my ish together. So SGG, the interesting thing here is I was in the midst of feeling like worried and starting to be like, what's wrong with me? When last Monday they aired the Heenan tribute and showed my tweet, which I was like so touched and excited about. Yeah, me too. They closed out with your tweet. It's crazy. Before, like, it led into the video package. It was 
It was crazy. That was crazy. I mean, I've never been in company like that for something. That was, I, I was surprised by that. But I think that, um, I think a lot of people within WWE saw my article for ESPN and, um, and and had like an appreciation for. Who knows? Maybe it was also partially the jacket thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think it might have been the jacket more so than the article. You never know. It definitely you could don't. have been. Um, but uh, where do you start? I mean, with uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan was, you know, I've often said it is not just uh, a thing that I've said recently that he may be the, the best overall talent that I can ever recall in WWE in terms of everything he was capable of doing and how many people he made look good. Um, maybe most, most notably Hulk Hogan, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the biggest superstar of all time. Hogan had an, uh, Heenan had a huge, huge impact on Hogan's career. Um, he was his foil forever. Um, so, but SGG, let me start with you. Where, where, do, where, what were your thoughts? Obviously, when Heenan passed, and, and where do you, just as a fan, what did you always think of the brain? It's it, talking about Bobby the Brain Heenan is is sort of weird, right? Because like to people who are familiar with his work, nothing you say, like everything, sounds like. An understatement, like you could always say more. Even if you call him the greatest manager, it feels like that's not enough. Or the best announcer, or the best entertainer, it doesn't feel like it's enough. And then to people who don't know him, it sounds like you're exaggerating. Like he was really that good, but it's, it's almost like yes, he was. There's nothing you can say to really express to anyone just how how perfect he was. Yeah, I, I he he really did it. That's the thing. If you say best manager, it 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 definitely leaves him short because while he is, and he's certainly in that conversation, there a there are other people you could put in the manager conversation who are at least on a close plane. But he just did so much more than that, um, and to be so high level at both, yeah, for such a long time. And, you know, I, I, I really didn't realize until I was writing the article how perfect it was that he became the babyface announcer at WCW. And, like, he, granted, he wasn't like an over-the-top cheesy babyface, but he was the babyface color guy um, on Nitro when Hogan was bad. And I yep. and I just love the symmetry that like he was sitting there basically being like I told you he was bad yeah um, and even um, you know Matt Fowler said this two things that Matt Fowler said about Bobby the Brain Heenan that I thought were kind of perfect was like you know WrestleMania three you had Bobby the Brain and Andre come to the ring to face Hogan and they were the ones um, getting showered with garbage and then who's sitting at the announce table like you said to say I told you so. When Hogan turns heel and Hogan's the one getting showered with garbage, is Bobby the Brain Heenan. And um, the other thing too is that um, if you watch wrestling between the the mid to late '80s and early '90s, Bobby the Brain, especially if you watch WWF, was the one you saw more than anybody because he was behind the announce table, but then also ringside for most matches and backstage for interviews, just because he did so much, like more so than any other wrestlers. Like he was there every show 
that's a really good point too. And, and just in terms of sheer FaceTime, I mean, the guy did so much. He was such a part of everything. Um, they just used him all the time. And you look back at the people who were over with him. Um, and then, and then it's the, and then it's the physical part. Is you know, everyone says this line now, but it's so true that he he managed like a wrestler and wrestled like a manager. Um, you know, when he had a match, the bumps he would take. You know, and I, he really was a special attraction. Like, yeah. If 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 you were to, if there was a house show, if there was a house show, and they put him on the card, and it's like, oh yeah, tonight it, it could be a main event: Ultimate Warrior versus Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know, or near a main <laughs> event, and you know what's going to happen, and people would pay the money anyway to see him get beat up, and he just. And it's true, like, and that was his mo going way back. I, I I read an article. I forget who sent it. It was, it was one of the JWO members sent it in an email. Um, Bobby Heenan got shot at because he was I that know. hated. Yeah, exactly. That's that is uh... like people talk about Piper. Um, somebody trying to stab him, which is cool, but you know, Bobby Heenan got shot. That's the that takes that that, that wins like. That contest, if you ask me, um, he he was he was awesome, man. And obviously, it's so sad that his life ended up over the last ten years him not being able to talk. So I, I have this interview with him from before I got back into wrestling. I'm I'm almost scared to hear it. Like I have to find it first of all. I'm gonna try to go find it this weekend. Um, in my storage in D.C. Um, it should be in this book of CDs I have. Um, I'm going to try my damnedest to find it. Uh, but I did a phoner with him back in 05 um, when I was n- not into wrestling at that point. Um, and it was just nostalgic for me. Were you still in D.C.? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I actually I just – so I just started putting up a new podcast – I, I've been listening to uh, Rosenberg interviews. Because well, you're the most loyal yeah. friend in the world. I was going to say, man. like, uh, if you if you were fluffing Bobby the Brain Heenan, we'll give you a pass. You know, Ricky Gervais might have. Uh, oh, the fluffing, the fluffing I did of Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah, so I, I posted I posted uh, yesterday Ricky Gervais from 2005. So it's a mix of brand new interviews I'm doing and then stuff I've just had on CDs, like sitting around forever. So if somehow between these things you're actually looking for more Rosenberg content. Just go uh, go subscribe. I'd, I'd appreciate it. Uh, Rosenberg interviews up on iTunes, and I'm gonna post a couple different interviews every week. So I'd love to throw the Heenan one up there, but I got to dig around for it. But I, I've said this one part before. The only thing I remember is that I said to him right off the top, I was like, "Hey, I was sorry to hear about Gorilla Monsoon," and he was like, "So was he." <laughs> um, he you know, he was he was just very much. Um, and if you read his books. And if you even go and listen to Shivani's podcast where he talks about, you know, some of the heat he had with Bobby and why Bobby really held a grudge towards him. You know, Bobby seemed to have really been exactly who he was. You know, he was a bit of a – from a joke standpoint, he could be a bit mean-spirited. He could be a little bit tough on people um, but was hilarious. And I think everyone knew it was always a gag. Um, he was also honest, 
like in 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 his books, he's incredibly honest and blunt. Um, you know, he was with his wife. Uh, he had one wife until um, the day he died, Cynthia. Um, and uh, you know, I'm bummed out because the, when I first when ESPN when I first started really working for ESPN and the wrestling thing was getting going, I told them I want to do a feature on Heenan, and that's when I made contact with Cindy, his wife. And started talking about it, and it just never came together. Getting to be able to like go down there and do it, and um, I'm bummed. I'm bummed that it, that I never was able to pull, pull it together. But um, I was happy I got to meet him and um, and tell him, you know, just how awesome I thought he was. Just because I really wanted to get it off my chest personally, and and he did seem to be honestly like looking in his eyes when I talked to him. He definitely seemed to pop for you know the level. Uh, I didn't. I didn't hold back. So, um, just from a, from a personal standpoint, that was nice. But yeah, it was also cool to see. You know, they, his death was definitely taken very. Like, what level do you put the way it sort of like hit um, both the wrestling world and the mainstream world? Where do you put the Heenan passing? You know, it has to be up there because, like, the most random people. Um, we're talking about it. And like, then these clips, um, resurfaced of, again, the most random people heaping praise on Bobby Heenan. Like there's a, a late, a Letterman interview from the eighties where he's talking about Bobby, the brain Heenan and how much of a fan he was. Yeah. He was a huge uh, fan, huge fan. You know what I mean? And, um, Tom Arnold tweeted that he was in his hotel room watching YouTube clips of, um, Bobby, the brain Heenan. And it's like, you know, certain people that, people you just don't expect you don't think of when this type of thing happens you know you think of it as, as something that's going to be contained to the wrestling community but it was... well, it, al- it also made um it also made the front page side column of ESPN which the only ones i can remember the only wrestling you know right re- you know things like this i can remember is savage ended up in on the side there when he passed when flair recently was in uh, having his health scare, it made it to the side. And, it, it, you know, it said, like, wrestling manager, legend, Bobby Heenan passes away, was on the side on ESPN. So, like, they've always, even with their foray into wrestling, they still are very specific about what makes their main page of headlines. Um, so it, it was nice to see that he got that recognition. And I do feel that people have been... You know, obviously on this podcast we have, but I think not just here, many places, people have been heaping praise on Heenan for a long time um, and his comedy chops and just how great he was. Um, it's hard for me to even think about what part of his stuff I love the most. Like, was yeah. it, was it, was it him walking to the ring with that, that purposeful walk where he's standing next to the talent? And, and like yelling, kind of yelling in their ear, walking down to the ring, or like as they're preparing for the match, he's standing there, like kind of slapping them on the chest, talking to them, or was it the fact that he would like go and help Rick Rude disrobe for the ladies? <laughs> yeah, you know, like all the little details. Like, was it that, um, or was it simply just watching an episode of primetime? And him and Gorilla just being hilarious. Or, you know, is it the fact that there would be these episodes that you can watch now of primetime or old school or whatever where he's on commentary 
and he's like, I gotta go manage. I'll be back. And he just yeah. leaves and he leaves and comes back. Um he there there's just so many things. Or or is it the matches where he gets you know, it ends up in the weasel costume. Um you know, it's it's endless. But obviously that shot, you know, him and Andre in the mini ring retreating from the ring at WrestleMania three is an iconic moment. And you know, there's no way the you realize Andre the Giant, the most beloved babyface, arguably in the history of wrestling. I mean, he's right in the conversation. For most beloved ever, the only thing he did to become the heel with the most heat that I'd ever seen, all he did was appear with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yep, and that's all it took. That's it. Time, Time after time. And Hogan's just going, remember Hogan's just going, no, you can't be what with, are you him. Doing with him. What are you doing with him? What are you doing with him? That's it. That's all it took. And he's like, that's not all, Hogan. And Andre just rips the chain off, and that's it. We're off. And now we have a feud that lasts basically for almost two years. Yeah, because it went into WrestleMania three, and then that Saturday night's main event with the twin refs, and then and then into WrestleMania four, they yep. have another match. So a year and a half, yeah. You know? There was a SummerSlam thing in in there too, right? Well, Mega Powers versus Mega Bucks, of course. So it just it just goes on and on, and, and it all is it's all Heenan. And you know, one of the things I pointed out in the article, I think is true too, is um, you know Flair gets there, yeah. You think it's a no-brainer. Flair's one of the greatest of all time. But as we saw, it wasn't exactly a no-brainer. There was a split between the audiences, particularly the audience that was watching and going to the live shows in the in the main core part of the WWF territory. And so what do you do to guarantee heat? You just put them with Bobby Heenan. That's it. And then the whole thing of the, 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 the real, real world's champion. champion. Oh, the real world's champion was mage. You know, uh, it's... Oh, do you and, and is and you pointed this out in our group chat. It's so true. Oh, uh, the way he does commentary for Flair in the Rumble in '92. Yeah, it, it's it's perfect. It, I, I might go watch that tonight. He's just like he's so into it. He's so like he's dying with everything that happens. Um, just phenomenal. And you know, and and, and him and Gorilla were. I think that was his best partner. You know, he had a lot of good partners in terms of him and Hogan obviously did some really special stuff together um, as far as just good guy and bad guy work. But ultimately, uh, by the way, underrated, him and him and Okerlund underrated too. Oh, yeah. Him and Okerlund in interviews going at each other is absolutely phenomenal also. But ultimately, Gorilla had this way of playing the, the straight guy in which... He was like this awesome – he found Heenan funny even though he constantly was calling him out for being a bad guy. He was able to maintain like we're friends and we get along even though he's a bad guy. Although I will tell you, don't you find the episode of Raw when Heenan gets kicked out, his acting to be so good that it's legitimately sad? Yeah, it definitely was. Like, And to think – that was the last time we'd see him. But not only that, like, Gorilla looked happy to throw him out. Like, he grabbed him by the collar 
And, oh, like, yeah. The look on his face when he looks back at the building is just like... It, I don't I don't know if there's a tear in his eye like there was uh, for Flair at the Royal Rumble 92, but it's just like the look on his face. You can see the memories and everything. Is he's just like... <sighs> done. I'm but done by, here. But by the way, let's take a moment. Let's take a moment, okay? It ends for Bobby Heenan, this amazing run of, what, 85 to 93? Is that what it was? It was 93, yeah. right? It was, I, I believe it was 93, yeah. So like an eight-year run ends, and it ends with him acting it so well that even though he's a heel, him getting tossed out seems legitimately sad as Gorilla <laughs> as Gorilla the babyface is like, get out, and puts him on his keister, throws him out. And then, like, wipes his hands. When wipes his hands of it. And that's the end because it's so apropos that Heenan, the perfect heel, didn't end it in some fugazi way where you end up cheering for him. Nope. He gets unceremoniously tossed out of the <laughs> building. You know, it, it, it's it's so perfect. And, you know, listen, the, the WCW run was not the WWE run. It's not what his role was. At that point, he physically couldn't do anything anymore, obviously. There's the famous story of Brian Pillman grabbing him and him freaking out um, when he was sitting ringside. Yeah. But, but, you know, he does I, – I, I do find – that when you go through and watch those WCWs, for the most part, that show to me was at its best when it's Shivani and Heenan. I like Shivani, Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes. Um, but Heenan did good work there, too. Um, it'll never be what what, WC, what WWE was. And honestly, what I would love, I would love to get some sp- to spend some time getting to see his AWA stuff, which I've really never spent a lot of time with. Yeah, I, I haven't either, but even that stuff, like him and Nick Bockwinkle, people people revere it. And his story's so classic, if you don't know it, you know, from where he began, finding his way to just get in the building. And um, it's, it's, uh, he will be truly, truly missed. And uh, I'm glad he got into the Hall of Fame. Um, I first class, right? That was, that was a, no, it wasn't the first class. The first class was just Andre. And then they had like a couple of random classes in the early '90s, and then they stopped oh, that's doing right. inductions. And then, were, and then he was the—I think he was the first class back, back in the early 2000s. It was like '04. Yes. Let's see, uh, WWE Hall of. Fame. But that speech is hilarious, though. Too. Like, oh, it's awesome. It's it's like it's like a half hour. Um, let's see. They break it up: ceremony dates and locations. Um. And that was the other thing, too. Like, I I had the thought that um, – two thoughts. Because Bobby the Brain Heenan died, I think – was it the same day as the Emmys? Or was it the day before? I can't remember. But it's like, he should have got an Emmy, though. He's as entertaining as as anyone else who who walked away with the Emmy. And it's a shame that, like, pro wrestlers, there's no – there's nothing in the entertainment field to celebrate them. Or sports, because they're, like – you know, they're an anomaly. But two, um, what was I going to say? He died the same night as the Emmys. I I'll, can't tell you, what th- I'll tell you why you're thinking. He, he was the first one back in 04. They took a break from 96 to 04. And in 04, it was Jesse the Body Ventura, Junkyard Dog, 
Sergeant Slaughter, Billy Graham, Tito Santana, and Bobby the Brain. Yeah. Oh, and this is the other thing I was thinking too. Like the Hall of Fame ceremonies now are these huge deals, and like you know, it's a shame almost that he he couldn't get inducted in one of these biggest ceremonies. Yeah, he was in the last one. They came back in '04, but if you go back and watch it, it was um, it was like in a banquet hall still. Yeah. Although I will say. I, I wouldn't have minded if they'd kept it like that permanently, too. Like, the room's literally just filled with the people who are supposed to be there. I wouldn't have minded that either, but they didn't, and now it's a big thing, and yeah, it would have been nice. But anyways, rest in peace, Bobby the Brain Heenan. He is my favorite talent uh, that I can really ever... Whenever I think of wrestling, he's the, to me, he's my, the first person I think of. Um, uh, now, SGG, I have not yet gotten your thoughts on Reigns, Cena... And we're going to find out exactly what you have to say right after these words. Now, you uh, you may know by now, SGG, as everyone should know, the Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for just a few bucks, all right? Now, what you might not know, and I didn't know, is that Dollar Shave Club also has products for pretty much everything else you need in the bathroom. Body wash, shampoo, hair gel, lip balm, everything, all right? It makes it so easy. As soon as I found out they have more than just razors, because I don't always use a, a regular razor, that's when I was sold, because I need other stuff, all right? It's incredible. So, for a limited time, Dollar Shave Club is giving away their starter set to new members. For only 5 bucks. this starter set features their executive razor and three trial-sized versions of their most popular products that help you stay fresh and clean, okay? In your first box, you're going to get the shave butter, the body wash, and one white Charlie's butt wipes. Yes, butt wipes. That's what I'm talking about. That's fantastic. You will also receive the executive razor, which includes the premium weighty handle, a full cassette of uh, cartridges. This is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash heat. So if you've been needing razors, you've been needing all this stuff, the wipes, the different products for your bathroom, you don't feel like going to shop, why don't you support cheap heat at the same time? dollarshaveclub.com slash heat. That's dollar shaveclub.com slash heat. So SUG, the question must be asked. What did you think of your hero, Roman Reigns against John Cena? The C-Nation was conquered by the Roman Empire and I could not be uh, happier. Honestly. Um, You know, last time we were on you said that, you know, you mentioned that you thought that Roman versus Cena was Hogan Warrior. And I agreed that to the kids it was Hogan Warrior. And after giving it some thought, I I, I surmised that uh, Roman versus Cena to the, to the internet smarks might be um, Cena versus Triple H from WrestleMania 22. And, and here's why. Going into that WrestleMania... Triple H had a reputation for basically burying talent and, you know, having a spot at the top that was sort of undeserved, um, given his relationship with Stephanie McMahon and the, and Vince and everybody like that, and just racking up championships. And then you had this young upstart, John Cena, who people felt like was being shoved down their throats. And when the two faced off, even though the indie smarks, the internet smarks hated Triple H, 
and they hated Cena. And I, I myself, I was one of those people who I became a Triple H fan going into that match because I just wanted to be done with Cena. And now going into this match, people were put in a similar position and they made the same exact move. They were so ready to be done with Roman that they cheered John Cena, which set up um, a great match. And for me, I thought the match was very well done. And I thought it was ironic that Super Cena was beat in a in a manner that he beat so many superstars, including Triple H at that WrestleMania, just um, delivering finisher after finisher. I think uh, he delivered four AAs and one was off the top. And Roman still kicked out on Cena was put down with Roman's second finisher. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you about one thing, and that is, I didn't think the match was that well put together. I I, I thought it was like so obvious. Um, it was like we're gonna t- like to your point, we're gonna we're gonna make Roman be Super Roman. And the only way to do that is to have it absolutely look like he's going to lose. He kicks out of everything, and then he wins. And I just thought it—I thought it was completely formulaic. And as a result, there wasn't a story in the match that I cared about. Um, you know, it was fine, um, and I understand it. And if that's the only time they're going to get to do it. I get why you'd want to do it that way. But I was hoping it was the first of a few. And if it was the first of a few, I think there's a better way to do it. Well, it, uh, it, it still could be the first of a few because, um, I mean, remember when when Brock broke the streak and then we were like, damn, when are we going to see Undertaker again? And he popped up a few months later and then there ended up being three matches um, in that series. So we, we don't know. Um and and right now, it could anything could happen. We don't know how much time Cena has left, and we don't know if he wants to spend all of that time feuding with Roman Reigns. But it's not it's not um it's not a long shot. And as far as the match, I feel like what hurt the match the most was all of the hype going into it. But if you if you don't focus on on the hype and you focus on like you know the spots and and just I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was a very well done match. I mean, the spots were fine. I didn't like that table, the spear spot outside the ring. It was awkward. There was like a hesitation, and it looked like it looked really forced to me. Um, it, it was cool, but I was very excited for this match, and just for the level of excitement I had for the match, I thought it started super boring, like. Um, you know we're gonna like chain wrestle or do you know do our best ground and pound, and then we're just gonna jump right into like a million finishes. It just didn't tell a story I was that excited <laughs> about. To be totally honest with you, by the time, although you know, part of that, part of the problem is also I went from being so excited about it to I think a little bit down on it going into it because the promos got so repetitive too. Um. And I, I, I think I ended up, by the time the pay-per-view came, I, I think I was already getting more excited for Shane KO at Hell in a Cell. Well, you bring up the promos, and I don't think we got to talk about this. Um, what did you think of the 
of Roman's promo going into the pay-per-view where he basically replayed a Cena promo and just like turned the mirror on John Cena. Oh, you mean when they use the things that we've talked about on this podcast? Yes. Um, I, I like that one. It was his best one. I thought. I thought he was at his best by himself. And I thought it was one of the, the better ones he's had. Um, I enjoyed it. And I also found it interesting that, I mean, I thought the crowd in general was great this past Monday um, on TV. But I, um, I, I thought it was interesting that he got more cheers this Monday than he's gotten in a long time. Yeah, the crowd can't seem to make up its mind on on Roman is is what I I boil that down to. It's like people want to hate and then he performs. I, I, I and, wonder I wonder if uh you know, I wonder if the Cena rub made a difference. I wonder if the crowd really did like him more after getting such a meaningful win over Cena and them having that moment of respect at the end. I can answer that question um based on on tweets and what you see on Twitter, uh, no, the 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 internet wrestling community does not respect him any more than they did um, before the bell rang. And if 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 anything, they respect them a little bit less because it fits their narrative. Like that win fits their narrative. But but not the but I, I'm not worried about the IWC. Uh, the crowd that pays, you know, and is at shows and is vocal and is regular. They were still booing Roman, like the, a big part of the crowd. Uh, it, he was getting a lot of boos, and it was still a much louder cheer on Monday. So I wonder if the average fan, it did have a positive impact. I mean, I guess we'll be able to tell more uh, moving forward. Um, but uh, it, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens here and what they do in the immediate with Roman Reigns and how long John Cena's gone. My guess is... We will have John Cena back by the Rumble. Yeah, I was gonna say, how long does it take to film a movie? Like, he'll be he'll be back. Yeah, I, I think we'll I think we'll have him again in a couple months. And you know, what what's the likely landing spot for John Cena next? If it's not if it's not Roman, you have to think him and AJ are done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you have to think him and Randy are done. You have Please to Please God, let them be done. Yeah. I, I you have I, I would think I would think that him and the Miz are done. Um Braun Strowman. Mm. <laughs> That's a that that could be a WrestleMania match. One that I would I would definitely like to see, but then that's the thing too. Like, this is John Cena, so does he does he lose these matches? Does he keep coming back to just lose to up and coming talent? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't think he could continue to lose all the time. Like, I, I just don't. I, I not only that, I don't want him to. I, I just don't want him to. Like, as much as I want him to lose some, and we all were like, oh, when's Super Cena gonna stop? All right, well now it's like he practically loses all the time. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing, too. Uh, we don't know how much time he has left. He doesn't have 15 years left. Um, maybe five. I'll say two to five. But does he have another championship run left? And do you want to see him? He's tied the record. Do you want to see him break the record? 
he will at some point break the record. Do you want to see that, though? No, only because I think the record seems silly compared to what it kind of meant for Flair. You know, like, the back and forth of it that Cena had a a bunch of times, it's just not the same as having so much of it happen in the territory era. You know, Flair has a bunch of those being in the... When he was the NWA champion going territory to territory, and it meant so much for everyone to pick you to be that champion. And even though it means a lot for Cena to be that guy, don't get me wrong, I don't think any of us think it means as much. Cena's 16 does not... I'm not. You could think Cena's better than Flair if you want to, um, <laughs> but you're not going to tell me that his 16 title wins are equal to Ric Flair's 16 title wins. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I can't see it that way. That's... Speaking of which, uh, do you read today that Flair says he's slept with 10,000 women? <laughs> I did. I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math on it. It's so hard. You know, I know Wilt Chamberlain said 20,000. I, I, that number seems impossible. 20,000. Because, like, there has to be, like, there's got to be mad orgies in that for you to get that that high, right? Like, I, I would guess. I mean... I'm just saying. Like, but also, even, like, wasn't one of those women supposed to be Halle Berry? Like, and that that uh, I don't think that happened. I don't. I think don't think wrote, that happened either. I don't think Halle rode Space Mountain. <laughs> no. Not that you wouldn't want to. I mean, who wouldn't want that opportunity? <laughs> um, I don't know that num- that numbers. I'm not saying I don't believe it, but I was doing some of the math on it earlier. And you have to really. Th- he's been active. I think the number is he would have had to have three or four women a week for 30 years. Yeah, see? That's no. That's no. A, that's. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but man, I mean, especially you have to imagine there were sometimes, sometimes when he was in like the honeymoon period of a relationship when he did not sleep with three or four women a week. Right? Yeah. They, I yeah. I could see Flair being the kind of guy that when he falls in love for a while, at first he's really into it, and he's not he's not being that bad. <laughs> Just from a number, sheer number standpoint. I mean, listen, he's the nature boy. Anything's possible. I mean, he has one. He does have. He has a sixteen time, sixteen time, world champion. So why not? Um, anyways. Let's move on because there's really only three things I wanted to hit hard today with a, with an honorable mention going to Alexa Bliss uh, and Mickey James, who I thought were awesome on Monday. Uh, I, I really I popped. I thought I, I, they have not given Alexa the mic enough in the ring and let her go. And she can go, which she she could go. That's that's an asset they have not taken advantage of. She can go enough that like Mickey James who I love, but has not been relevant on TV at all really since she's come back. And that like actually felt like a somewhat meaningful segment out of the blue. Yeah, out but of the blue. I mean, what's that going to mean for Mickey James though? Is she going to, that necessarily mean we're going to see more of her, right? I, w- I would think we will. I would assume they're going to have a little thing, right? I assume maybe Helena Cell. 
Oh, not Hell in a Cell. No, no, I, the, TLC. TLC, yeah. Maybe. And, and they give a break to some of the other stuff going on. Maybe. They got to they got to figure out Bailey and Sasha and Naya and Emma. There's four the, the four of them. You have four people over there who can work in different ways. So Well, maybe what they, they need to figure out is how how does Oscar going to take that first L? Cuz I mean, I don't want to see it happen, but it has to happen at some point, right? One day. Oh, and Oscar's appearing at TLC. TLC. So what'll happen is they're not going to waste Alexa on they're not going to have Alexa and one of the other really serious competitors. They're going to have Alexa beat Mickey and then Asuka show up, right? Or is Asuka having a match? I don't know. I really don't know what they're going to do with her. You know what might be Mage? Right out of the gate to give Asuka Nia Jax and have Nia actually be really good against her but but, but lose. Have Asuka lose to Nia Jax? No, no, no. Have Nia be really... Sorry, I don't know if I said that wrong. Have Nia be really good but lose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had this thought too watching Nia wrestle. It's like, I I love Asuka and I love the undefeated streak and I believe it. I believe that there's not a woman that that can beat Asuka on the roster. But I... A part of me feels like Nia Jax should have had that undefeated streak and run with that even if it was just like on the main roster, like she's just running through women too because like she has the size, she has the power, she has the ability, she has the lineage, she has everything to, you know, all the right tools to be a dominant woman and she hasn't even, she hasn't had the championship or anything yet, you know? Yeah, no, that's a very, that's a, that's a fair point and it could have worked also. So... Monday, we you have to talk about the fact that, A, the show closed with Enzo's celebration. If we had had a show last week, I would have picked Enzo to win the title at No Mercy. I did think he would win. I thought that's where it was going. Um, however... And, and Greg, I have probably had some development in this on this subject since we texted about it the other day. Okay, but I was baffled at Monday night when Enzo celebrates winning the cruiserweight championship. He cheats to beat Neville, which I think the- you said he was going to do. Yeah. I did. I'm, I'm pretty sure I already said that. When it was he... announced, you said that you said that that's what you wanted to see. So he cheats and he wins the title. Okay, cool. He has the celebration. In the celebration, he takes stabs at the rest of the cruiserweight division, saying he made the division, etc. Now, the, the whole division comes out, sits there, and eventually. Neville beats the hell out of him, followed by Braun, <laughs> Braun Strowman beating the hell out of him, which was I, unnecessary. I, I don't, I don't know what that accomplished. That's just to pop someone because they think it's funny. Because there's no way, I, I just don't see the point of that. But anyways, Braun Braun does it for the second time, and then the entire cruiserweight division takes turns. 
beating him savagely in his home, in his now hometown, uh, or just outside it in LA, right outside LA. So he gets utterly and completely destroyed. What I told everyone in our group chat was I found the storyline uncomfortable because to me, Enzo obviously is turning into a bad guy. But he's not all the way there yet. And he hasn't really done enough. No, not, not really. He hasn't remotely done enough to have the entire cruiserweight division, baby faces and heels, come together to destroy him savagely and ask the crowd to cheer them on. So I got a lot of tweets from people who obviously, you know, people on Twitter who have booked many territories. They've they've done it all over the country. They've had the pencil. That's what they do. And they were like, you idiot. It's a double turn. Yeah. Thank it didn't. You. It didn't seem like a double turn on well, Monday. It, it did. It did on Tuesday, but not on Monday. Well, no, on Monday though. I knew. I knew that when he starts, when he started cheating, and maligning the division, they're turning him. But first of all, there's no such thing as a double turn with the entire division. <laughs> right. So, so if you're saying it's a double turn with him and Neville, here's what I would say to you: point to me a time when there's a double turn. And the guy turning into a good guy savagely beats the now heel the way that Neville beat up Enzo. Yeah, it doesn't happen. It never happened. And even that, like even Enzo taking do. <laughs> even Enzo taking everybody's finisher. That's that's also why, okay. Why, and why would this new heel right the the money in a heel? is waiting to see them get their comeuppance. So why, after you go off the air, and then you put it out, though, on social media the next day, if it's this great double turn everyone's saying, just like we've seen before, why would you, before the storyline even starts, have him take the biggest comeuppance he could ever get? So the the next day, and this this is where it elevated for me, is Enzo cuts a promo, beat up, talking more trash, has crutches, disses more of the division, including baby faces, and then comes out and just absolutely destroys Neville with his crutch. Yeah. And says he's going to have the title for a very long time because all of them have forfeited, forfeited their right. Which was genius, by the way. Yeah, that part is interesting. So let me be clear about this. When I was saying that I was uncomfortable with it, I was uncomfortable because, you know, the same fans that came after us came after us because they were so uncomfortable about a made-up story about Morrow. Okay? That made them so uncomfortable. But a story which we know is based in real life, which is Enzo's lack of popularity in the locker room. And we're seeing it play out. Is played out by having him just savagely destroyed. That didn't make anyone uncomfortable. Now, you could just say, well, you're being worked. And yes, I am. 
obviously, like it, there is a part of it that is definitely that because it just seems so horrifying. You can't take your eyes off of it. It there, that is definitely part of it. So listen, I, I'm giving props where props are due. The lines are so blurry on this story that it's fascinating. And to Enzo's point in the ring, and to the credit of the writers and everyone else, people are actually paying attention. Like, I care about 205 Live right now. Like, I, I didn't previously. And yeah. so, so it is working. Um, that, that, that final segment, I, I'm curious to see what the ratings were for it, but like, I couldn't look away from it. Um, so, all of that is true. But I'm just saying, the idea, I, I heard from Greg people who I knew were the same people who hated on me for saying maybe the Morrow story was more complex than people realized. I got tweets from the same people saying, oh, shut up. No one likes Enzo. That's why this is happening. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a second. You're comfortable with the idea. You're uncomfortable with the idea that, you know, JBL may have made a joke about Morrow on bring it to the table. But you're not uncomfortable with the idea that people really dislike Enzo behind the scenes, and as a result, his character is getting crushed completely on television. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, and then that, and that's the one part that's very hard for me to accept is I still want to under. I'm still shocked by the fact that, and this man has gotten beaten every single week for three months, and it's taken every bit of that to get to the point now where he doesn't really get that many cheers anymore. Yeah. Like we're and, finally there, but 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 Greg, think about how much work it took to have him not be over anymore. That's but, how over he was at the beginning. But this is the other thing, though. What what is the point of that? What like I, I was listening to to Russell Rap and Kaz was saying what happens after they take the crowd away from Enzo, and that's an interesting question because once you take the crowd away from him, then what happens? Like it's not so much that. That they boo him the way you boo a heel, but it's just like you see week by week, people just stop caring about him. Well, like, that, that's what that's what I felt, and that's why to me, the only way this makes sense, right? In in, in any movie, if a character was to go through what Enzo has gone through, if you look at like a Batman movie, that leads to someone becoming like a Joker. Right? Right. The only solution is that his character changes in some way or he is given some sort of power, whether that be a weapon, whether that be a bodyguard. Something has to change that enables him to be a dangerous heel that rules the division with an iron fist and gets legitimately hated because he's great at being he will be a great heel. I have no doubt he can do it. He, he can be mean and cutting, and he can turn people against him. I have no doubt about that. But you have to give him a tool. Otherwise, well, sorry, what's the interest in a bad guy who's already gotten his ass kicked by literally absolutely everyone? Everyone. And he has got his ass kicked by literally everyone. So, And I, that's I, the I, thing. Like, are they <laughs> – is he that hated that – they're going to let him make money and while they continue to drive his stock down and then dump him? Like, what? what is the point? I don't understand. Well, that, that's that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, is this really where this goes? Where, like, they're just going to keep embarrassing him and crushing him and that it means nothing and then he gets released? Or, or, and I think Andrew Goldstein would probably say this, 
that this is just an old school wrestling. You're too big for your britches. You got you got way too big, way too fast. You're not a great wrestler. You don't really know the business that well. And we are going to show you a lesson and and beat your character down and embarrass you and see what you're made of. Except when, they gave him a championship, so that doesn't... Well, no, 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 but that, that being the championship being the beginning of starting to give him some love back. Because that, keep in mind, even though we got the hell beaten out of him on Monday, keep in mind him getting the title eventually, that comes after three months of these beatdowns. Since the second it started with Cass, he's been he's been making that stupid face when he takes a kick to the face every week. Falling, <laughs> yeah. falling flat like a like a like a cartoon. Um so this I do think that the title could have been a reward for the fact that he's taking this beating, the character is taking this beating like a man, and to the point that he said in the promo we cut on two oh five live, no matter what happens, he comes back with the same energy the next week. So maybe maybe that's the point. I just listen, if that's the case, you know, listen, they're not beating him in real life. Let's be clear, okay? So like it's not like he's getting it's not like they're like, "Oh, we're just going to keep literally beating you up till you figure it out." It's just <laughs> it's just it's just embarrassing your character, which is whatever. Um so it could work out. I just think about it from a character standpoint, where do you go from here that makes sense? So I'm curious. I am very interested to see what they do because the idea now that he holds the title and then just gets beaten every week, well, that's going to make for a boring 205 Live. You you can't have a champion who holds the title and just gets beaten down every single week. That, right. That, I, I wouldn't – that devalues the title. It devalues everything. So I'm very curious, and I really hope that there's some sort of creative thing that he turns into as a result of all of this but i I don't know and you know and and i'm just being honest when i say i just found monday weird i didn't it did not make sense to me i didn't and everyone looked simplified it as if it was like oh it's a no-brainer like no when does this happen when do good guys and bad guys get together asking for cheers from the crowd to just beat someone and everyone is like taking a turn on them right and like and you know shoemaker it was like well you know there is a precedent for this and send us a few links to other times when it's but like, it's oh, not though those 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 were not the same because it's like, like the shield the shield all gave big show their finish right like, exactly. that, that's not the same and even when even when i remember there was um an 11 on three handicap match i think where like but it was eleven heels all against the shield. Like there were no baby faces participating in that. You know what I mean? Like it was still a vicious attack and the numbers still about evened out, but it was all heels. Like at the end of the day, everything fell across some some lines, some battle lines. Well, and if, like if, like if you were saying, if like if you're turning someone into a heel, you want the crowd to hate them. The result of what happened to Enzo on Monday night after Raw, that wouldn't make a crowd hate someone. That would make them pity someone. Yeah, and it, and even like on 205 Live, I, I pitied him when he came out and gave gave that promo because he, he mentioned like, you know, I won the championship. I flew my family in so they could see me win. And then on Monday, my, my mom has to watch me get beat down by everyone, like like all of my coworkers. While the so, crowd chants one more time. And then as he's saying that, the crowd is chanting, you deserve it. 
how am I supposed? You know what I mean? Like that. It's. I'll tell you what though. Like I said, I'm interested. They 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 managed to do. And by the way, and that speaks to another point. And I have said this from the beginning. Right after Enzo and Cass broke up, and you could get a sense that momentum in the company was changing for Enzo, and he was going to be, you know, not be going a good direction. I was like, man. I'm not saying that just because I like Enzo, I'm not saying everyone has to like him. But I'm telling you this, the guy is very over. You cannot just get rid of this guy. And even in what they're doing to him now, it still proves to be true because it's still riveting TV. Yeah, but I mean. And I'll say that. I'll say that. I'll give credit to that too. His character never truly had depth. At the end of this, there could be real depth to this character in some way. I'll say that, too. Hopefully, if if his momentum doesn't slow to the point where they just dump him, and then it's like, oh, that's what they did. Like That, that, would, that would disappoint me. Um, and I, I have to imagine at this point, don't know if the title piece would have happened if that's where we were going. I think it's more likely that it's what Andrew was saying, and it's an old-school... Um, you know, listen. It's been obvious that they've been teaching a lesson for a while, but <laughs> where it's gone is, has just been like, whoa. Is he learning the lesson though? Is the other I know thing. that's what made me think. I'm like, damn, is he just not learning at all? So it just still keeps happening every week. And they're like, we'll just see how long he'll till he figures out that the reason his character keeps getting just absolutely slapped around, silly, is because he's not changing. I don't know. Yeah, um, but it, I'll, I'm interested. Um, and uh, I am interested also uh, in Hell in a Cell, which next week we'll preview. They announced a bunch for it now. The card's basically set now, right? Um, I think so. We got Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Roode, New Day versus uh, the Usos in the Cell, KO and um, KO and Shane McMahon in the Cell, Natty Charlotte, Charlotte for the title. Yep. Uh, are, you, are we forgetting one more? AJ and uh, Baron Corbin um, for the United States title. Jinder Nakamura. Jinder Nakamura for the WWE Championship. Which Jinder has been wilding out these past couple of weeks too. I I think this. I, I wonder if this is the end for Jinder for the title. I mean, I'll tell you this: if it's if it's not. Then doesn't that sort of justify um, the things that he's been saying and doing, like the the you rook the same and all that type of stuff there? Like, right? Because he's got to get his comeuppance for that. Every week you come out and you you attack Nakamura, and you've been more and more racist. And I don't think you know. Maybe part of it is him being a hypocrite, and that's why people hate him. Or, like, you know, that's what's pushing him over the edge is being a bad guy. But, like, you got to get some comments for that. Which I will say, that is an interesting twist. <laughs> yeah. It is an interesting twist to take the guy who is a bad guy basically just because he's foreign at first. And we're like, that's not a good enough reason that to be a bad guy. And it's like, well, what about he's foreign, but he's also racist against other foreigners. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I didn't, I'm not going to lie. I did not see that one coming. Cause I was like, why is he the bad guy? Like he, what he's saying is true. Like if you people hate him for the color of his skin and the way he talks, then yeah, you do need to be confronted with this. And then he, 
then he t- <laughs> he turns around and does that's like okay you know well. it, it, it that did surprise me i will say this i i just want them to have a good match their last match was okay they i, I would like them to have a good match um, speaking of which, people were underwhelmed with with Braun Brock, huh? I don't. I think it was it went back, it went back to the hype thing, and I think people. I think part of it is that people were expecting a certain result that they did not get, and so that led to disappointment. Because people were like, yo, this is it's Braun's time. He's going to be the Universal Champion, and then when that didn't happen, it's like. People were upset about it, you know, like they felt like WWE missed an opportunity to make a new star. And um, yeah, they just, I, just I think that's think, what I, it is. I don't think Braun needs a title to be a star. He, he's just a star. I agree. Uh, I just think it's, I just think his character needs to keep developing. That's I would I mean. like to see him with a championship eventually, but I mean, I'm okay. Like they went at each other and it wasn't like Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman are not going to go out there and give you a technical wrestling masterpiece, but can they thrash each other and put on an entertaining match? Yeah. Yeah, they can. Um, I, I enjoyed doing this podcast. I enjoyed not talking about the national anthem once. Um, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the podcast enough that I think our audience would agree I didn't even fade out during it and start paying attention to something else. <laughs> well, uh, there's always going to be somebody that finds something. Next week, we will break down uh, the week that was and preview Hell in a Cell. Um, before I go out to Detroit, I'm going out to the D, pause. Uh, I'm at the next two, actually. I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm in Detroit, and then I think it's Minneapolis for TLC. Oh, is that where TLC is? When is TLC? Two weeks later. October what? 22nd. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Sunday, October 22nd. Um, So anyways, appreciate everyone showing love. uh, At Rosenberg Radio, at Stack Guy Greg. Follow along. Send us your comments, your thoughts on the show. Don't forget to subscribe to that Rosenberg uh, interviews. Give me a comment and a rating. I'd appreciate it. P, I can't believe you're about to – I can't believe you're about to do this again. And um, Black Power Rankings uh, taking a wow. And um, well, th- Craig, it was all a setup just to get to the Black Power Rankings. <laughs> uh, black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all. I'm blicking black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. Yo, I'm black and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black. All right, and Greg, I'm black, what do you got? Black, all right. Um, it's been a it's been a long week, so long break we took. So I'm just gonna throw in some honorable mentions and then go to the top three who've been you know been entertaining me over these past couple of weeks, regardless of wins or losses. So first honorable mention gotta go to Alistair Black. Um, still entertaining you, Alistair Black. He is still entertaining me. He finally broke his silence, which I thought was a good aspect of his character that he never spoke. But uh, he broke his silence and he didn't completely flop on the mic. On NXT, so I'm gonna throw him an honorable mention, and um, I gotta throw Booker T an honorable mention again as well for for what he's trying to do to raise money for for relief efforts in Houston. They had an event in LA that you know people went to and seemed to go well. So thank you, King Booker, for even when uh, attention started to go everywhere else, you know His Royal Highness is still doing what he does for well, the people. Well, he's, he's very good to his subjects. 
Yes, yes. The 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 one and only King Booker. And uh in at number three, I'm gonna go with an an unconventional choice. This is gonna shock a lot of people, but I'm gonna say Velveteen Dream. Okay. Because um you may know him as Patrick Clark if you watched uh, the last season of Tough Enough and um his character is very weird. But um like I said, Alistair Black broke his silence and then he was confronted by Velveteen Dream and they had an, a very odd interaction, but I'm intrigued and the fact that they captured my curiosity and my attention uh lands him in at number three on these black power rankings to go along with the Alistair Black honorable mention. All right, so take it home for us. Yeah, number two, Street Profits. I, I mean, wow! I can't believe how much I'm enjoying these guys. Like, they, they I, I, I got to go watch NXT this week and, and, and see how they're doing. They're not on there this week, but they have been. They have been on these past couple of weeks, and like, they they're stars. Um, they they just they just got they have it like. Um, one of them, one of them, I believe it was Angelo Dawkins. He'd been in NXT for a while, and so he, he, um, I don't know. He just been floundering, but now he's found his footing. And I think him and his tag team partner Montez Ford, who Montez is the star. Like, let's just get that out of the way, make that clear. Montez is the money, and when they hit the main roster, I hope they don't fall flat. But right now, they're doing their thing in NXT, and I'm enjoying it. And in a number one is the new day who them and the Usos, man, like they've been having great tag team matches. They're going to have another one at hell in a cell. And I, I I'm mean, so excited. I'm I, what are they going to do at hell in a cell? Yeah. Who? Oh my God. Like I, I just get excited for, for it. Like I, you know, when certain people have feuds like this, you, you get to stay in that, you know, it's stale or like, when is it going to end? But then these two will have a match. These two teams will have a match, I should say. And then, you don't care that they just had a match two weeks ago. You want to see it again. And you don't care that they're swapping the championships. You want to see it again. That, um, Jimmy Uso pointed out that the Usos are also four-time tag team champs. So this is kind of interesting. If they're going to get their fifth off of the New Day or if it's just going to be stuck at four right now. Wow. I got to tell you, that's a, that's a good call, SGG. And I have been very, very, uh, very, very impressed with... Uh, with the New Day and the Usos. So I'm excited for that one, too. When they said Hell in a Cell, I was like, okay. I knew they had to have at least one other match on this uh, card in the cell, and I'm pretty happy it's that one. Who goes in the cell, though, for the New Day? Or do is it three-on-two in the cell? Good, good question. I don't think it's three-on-two. Um, I don't think it's three-on-two. So that'll be interesting to see what how they do that. And and is whoever's on the outside trying to get in the cell, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I tell you what. However they do it, we're gonna love it. <laughs> you know, <I laughs> that's mean, listen, guaranteed. I, I'd be at this point. It's so hard to picture a situation in which you don't enjoy a match. There's and I'm happy for the new day, who it had started to quiet down for a bit, and uh, now they feel very much in the mix again. Um, SGG phenomenal black power rankings. I'm sorry that I disrespected and forgot. It's all right. It's unacceptable. It, it's we forgive you, P. I know. Listen, I'm still recovering. Um, exactly. SGG, uh, at Stack Guy Greg, at Rosenberg Radio. We'll catch you guys next week. And SGG, do me a favor and stay mage out here. Always. Uptown, baby. <laughs>